This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, hello. Is there like a. Uh... Hi, back here. S- sorry, they told me to wait in the. No, 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 no. We, we just weren't sure if. They wanted me to wait in the confessional. I guess to simulate a regular. Oh, right. Like if it was a normal confession. Sorry, I should have. I, I obviously knew you were here. Oh, you mean from the several vehicles you heard pulling up at the same time? On all sides of St. Patrick's. Yes, it was rather hard to miss. Sorry about that. Not sure what they think we're going to do. Weaponize the communion wine or whatever. Josh was speaking. You never know. Okay, Joshua, let's not start off like Josh was speaking. You think I can't. Bring me a cupful and give me ten minutes. All right, that's... Gonna take some getting used to. How much do you know? Maybe we should continue this in the confessional? Uh, yeah, I guess. Lead on. Give Me Away, a crossover episode of Forgive Me and Give Me Away. Wow. Are you alright? It's like when you revisit someplace you went to a lot as a kid and you're shocked at how much smaller it is. That's right. They said you'd taken First Communion, or Graham, you did, and I assume that came with a confession? Yeah, Graham's mom was raised Catholic. Dad Jewish, obviously, the name. And it mattered a lot to his grandmother that he did the whole First Communion thing. After she passed away, his mom didn't keep it up. Or his dad with the Jewish stuff. All right. So you refer to each of yourselves by name in the third person? Uh, You know, we're still 
figuring it out. Sometimes it'll be like Graham speaking, I whatever, or Joshua speaking. For whatever reason, I'm supposed to announce myself, even though it's blazingly obvious when it's me. Who's speaking when you don't use a preface? Joshua speaking. Let's be honest. Graham. Graham speaking. Not totally, though. I do think we're starting to integrate like they said we would. Okay. Well, as a beginner to this particular dynamic, I hope you'll both help me out a little bit as we go along. Yeah, of course. This is going to be a big adjustment for everyone. Which I guess is why we're here today. How do you feel about that? Conflicted, honestly. But conflicted isn't a new feeling for me. At least this is a new flavor of conflicted. Josh was speaking, but you'll do it. What's gotten into you? Why do you even care? Josh was speaking, because the men with guns care. This is the hoop we apparently have to jump through for a modicum of freedom. The answer is yes. I'll do it. Yeah? Partly because you had a... or Graham had a genuine Catholic upbringing. Partly, honestly, because of the government's kind donation to St. Patrick's which shouldn't be a factor, but we can do a lot of good with that money. And partly, God help me, because I'm just very, very curious. We'll take any reason. And in answer to your other question, how much do I know? I suppose I know as much as the whole world knows. So, presumably the spaceship landing, the screaming sounds when they opened it up. Definitely, all that. The... Live stream of the scientist working inside it, the interview with Brooke and Deirdre when Deirdre spoke out loud for the first time. All that, yes. And, well, not to put too fine a point on it. The interview with us. It was, uh, striking stuff. We promise we're not going to do anything to your mind or body. And that's appreciated. I'm fond of both. So... Just to clarify, I'm currently speaking to two souls within the same body. Josh was speaking to people. What the hell is a soul? Sorry. Two people in the same body. The body that until recently exclusively belonged to Graham Shapiro, but who now shares it with a second... Um... Entity? Entity, consciousness... Anything's named Joshua, who was, as I understand it, downloaded from a sort of computer prison they discovered inside a spaceship? Correct. And there's now a whole kind of community at the landing site of the spaceship, a former ghost town, right? Yeah, mining town. It was called Red Camp back in the day. A community called the Nevada Project of double people like you living around the spaceship. Yeah, volunteers, but all carefully screened and all meticulously paired with whichever released prisoner is the best fit. Joshua speaking, mostly. Graham speaking, no, always. We were meticulously paired too. And you haven't been allowed to leave that community? Until now? There's only so much we can tell you. Promising start to a confession. Essentially, those of us who live in Red Camp, the hybrid people, we recently had a difference of opinion with the military unit that guards the project. Guards it both ways, right? No one in or out? 
Right. Now, this I know almost nothing about. Just that a few months ago, the live stream was shut off for an oddly long time. I certainly heard theories among my parishioners, but I... All we can say is that we resolved the situation in such a way that our concerns, the concerns of the hybrid people, are being taken more seriously. Joshua speaking, just barely. Hence this experiment in... I think they said trial interactions. Yeah. Which is the purpose of these furloughs they've been sending some of you on. Not even really furloughs. We're here with an armed escort. Several, by the sound of it. The basic idea is prove that we hybrid folks can function in society with normal people by engaging in a series of selected activities that, in their minds, comprise a robust civic life. Not surprisingly, given the architects of the program... Many of those activities are religious in nature. Like confession. And Graham's the closest thing in Red Camp to a Catholic. Which raises the question, whose confession am I hearing today? Well, for the purpose of this exercise, we were thinking Joshua. Okay. Joshua, I'm speaking exclusively to you now. And trying not to feel silly about the question I'm about to ask, but... You didn't experience any version of baptism or any other Catholic sacrament on your home planet? Joshua speaking. Ha! So, that's a no. Joshua speaking on so many levels. I might have guessed, based on your joke about weaponizing communion wine, that this isn't exactly your... Joshua speaking. I wasn't joking. Okay, I don't think the father needs to... Joshua speaking. Biochemical warfare is based on the understanding that every molecular structure is like a sleeve with a knife hidden inside. Most of the time, that sleeve just keeps your arm warm, but when necessary, you know the knife is there. I can't tell if you're threatening me, or... Joshua speaking. I'm just saying, if you know how to look closely enough, everything has a blade inside it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You know, Joshua, I think I would like to hear your confession. Yeah? You'll do it? I want to hear what Joshua has to say. To be honest, I might be entirely motivated by curiosity here. When will I ever have an opportunity like this again? Hopefully a lot in the future if these trial interactions are... But I have to be clear. I don't know what absolution or even advice I'll be able to offer under these circumstances. It doesn't get more unprecedented than this. Joshua speaking. Oh, there's a much bigger problem than unprecedented. Which is... Joshua speaking. I'm not sorry for the actions I'm about to describe. I don't regret a single one of them. Then why are you about to describe them to me in a confessional? Joshua speaking. 
Graham and I went over a number of my exploits prior to arriving here on Earth, and he suggested this event in particular would be well-suited. Graham speaking, it's a easier to understand than a, a lot of his stories, and it's, you know, shorter. All right. Joshua speaking, but don't concern yourself with absolution. You're not going to get me to express regret I don't feel. Do you mind if I at least maintain the formal shape of this ritual? Specifically, the opening words? Joshua speaking. Oh, right. Graham tutored me in this little tete-a-tete. Ready when you are. In In the the name name of the the Father, Father, and and of of the the Son, and of the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Joshua speaking. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I've never confessed before, and don't expect I ever will again. Please continue. Joshua speaking. For the purpose of brevity, can we just assume it's me speaking, unless otherwise specified until the end of the confession? That's fine. On the world I come from, there was a group called... And already we have a problem. Anything I can help with? Not really. Human bodies can't produce words from my language. While there is a striking resemblance between your species and mine, the way our heads and throats developed allowed us to produce bifurcated resonant sounds your physiognomy doesn't allow for. Just when you think you've heard it all. I'll use substitute terms. Will that suffice? I'll let you know if there's anything I can't follow. There's a subset among my species. Let's call them the antelopes. Alright, the antelopes. The antelopes were... Students is perhaps the best word, and their course of study was methods of interacting with the world while taking less from it, or to put it another way, survival. I notice you're describing the antelopes in the past tense. Could be premature. For all I know, some of them may still be alive, or their descendants, if the biosphere held out. But there's a chance they're all dead? Well, either dead or screaming in eternal agony inside a virtual prison in Nevada. So everyone who came here was among these antelopes. Not sure which antelopes are the lucky ones. Pick your prison. A vice-like computer mainframe or a planet dying all around you. Sounds like these antelopes weren't able to find those new ways of interacting you mentioned. Not their fault. Or not entirely. Whose fault was it? Let's call them the wolves. Another faction of my society, the powerful one, the group with all the weapons and the resources, not to mention a strong dislike of us antelopes and our inquiries. Why would these wolves want to stop the people trying to ensure their survival? That's really a question for your own wolves here on Earth. Fair enough. So some time ago, I'm not sure when, we haven't been able to figure out how long we were traveling in space. Sure. But... However long ago, the wolves began arresting the antelopes. Single arrests at first, then roundups. Some antelopes would be held indefinitely, while others would be tortured and released. That's awful. But a shrewd kind of awful. Two simultaneous deterrents. The fear of vanishing forever, coupled with the fear conjured from stories told by released antelopes. One fate left to our imagination, the other blatantly illustrated by broken bodies and shattered minds. The wolves weren't content merely to deploy the means of violence. They wanted to do so in a way that would engender the most terror, 
of both the known and the unknown. It was brilliant. I don't think that's the word I would use. It's the only word. I learned a lot from the wolves. You learned from them? Fear takes up an enormous amount of bandwidth in the mind. If we antelopes never felt safe, not even for a moment, we'd have no energy left for our intellectual pursuits. Even ones as urgent as what you've described? Immediate fear trumps distant fear. Yes, we were afraid of the biosphere collapsing, and we could see evidence that this collapse was mere decades away. But if you might be tortured in a dark room that very night, that beats decades. That's horrible. I find your reaction a bit confusing, Father Ben. Hasn't your own organization used similar techniques many times in its own history? I don't agree with everything the church has ever done. Yet you're still its designated representative, empowered to grant or withhold absolution, as you will? I believe we can be better. I believe anyone can be better with effort. Graham speaking, thank you for that. I I hope so. So, Joshua, since this is presumably leading to a confession, I'm guessing you enacted some sort of reprisal? One based on what you say you learned from these wolves? Joshua speaking. You're a nuanced listener, Father, and adept at adjusting to radical new frames of reference. I'm moderately impressed. I'd like to think every parishioner brings their own world into this booth. It's not always quite this literal. The answer is yes, on both counts. A reprisal, but one based on their own tactics the instilling of fear. My species has a digestive process that's similar to yours in many ways, but for a long time now, our bodies have grown increasingly corrupted based on the ways we've outsourced our functions. Outsourced? Your... For example, there's a species of animal we use to incubate our offspring, another to circulate our blood. Well, that second one's mostly for the elites, but... You use animals for things that basic? And not consensually, either. It's monstrous. And it's led generationally to weaknesses in our various internal processes. Which, I'm guessing, is why you mentioned digestion? In my studies as a biochemist, I noticed a phenomenon, more prominent with each generation, of ordinary digestive enzymes failing to make a distinction between food and the body's own organs sort of an equivalent to heartburn? If heartburn was a literal term rather than a figurative one. In some of the extreme cases I observed, the body would begin digesting its own vital systems for nutrition. This is definitely going down as one of the all-time most unpleasant conversations I've ever... So I found a way to weaponize it. And it just got worse. My antelopes were a small faction. There weren't enough of us to muster an army or an uprising or any other nonsense against the wolves. If we were going to hurt them, it had to be in a way that made us seem like a larger, stronger force than we actually were. And these were the days before Deirdre and others had taken over my movement with their asinine fantasies of cooperation and incremental change. So, there was nothing standing in my way. What did you do, Joshua? There are foods on this planet that only rich people eat, correct? Well, 
I guess there's types of food that only rich people eat regularly. Sometimes a relatively poorer person might have a splurge night. Or, well, I guess in the developing world, that sort of... Right, right. I forget. You're not quite as far gone as we were. You'll get there, but you're not there yet. Well, I hope it'll go the other way. You have a dish on this planet called veal, yes? Derived from a force-fed animal whose movement is restricted to keep the flesh tender. We do. We have a delicacy back home that's almost the opposite. An aquatic creature, the closest equivalent here would be a jellyfish, that we force to swim through pressurized tubes for its entire existence. This jellyfish tastes best, so they say, when it's lean and tough. That's ghastly. It's also expensive. Nurturing these jellyfish to just the right consistency is so costly, they could only be consumed by the most elite wolves. Oh, I think I see. Yeah? The same elite wolves ordering the arrests of your fellow antelopes. We had an insider, a jellyfish farmer, who would have the opportunity, very briefly, to contaminate one of the pressurized tubes, and by extension, the jellyfish inside. To contaminate with your weaponized heartburn. Which I knew would only be consumed by this small group of elites, at which point their own digestive systems began to systematically attack the rest of their bodies. Systematically? I designed the enzyme to work in stages. It was a sort of... This is an incredibly crude term, but let's call it a learning acid. What was it learning? That different parts of its own body were actually food. So, not so much learning as disinformation. If you like. But tactical disinformation. It moved from digesting the least essential systems to the most essential. Meaning, if I understand correctly, that they die slowly. And in extraordinary pain. But why specifically the digestive process? Were you trying to disguise it as a natural illness? Oh, not at all. The pattern among those who died in that particular way would be unmistakable. The wolves trying to break the will of your movement. Anyone who looked at a list of the dead would know they'd been targeted and why. Then why... Because it happened slowly, gradually, a step at a time, and at a different pace for every elite wolf infected. Meaning they died everywhere. While working, while eating, while playing with their families, while engaged in our version of sleeping, our version of sexual intercourse, while conducting meetings in their most secure chambers. Remember, this counterattack was designed to be psychological as well as physical and untraceable to any single source. You wanted them to feel afraid everywhere. You wanted no place in the world to feel safe. Because if we could get them everywhere, that made us seem stronger than we really were, more numerous than we really were. I wanted them seeing assassins in every shadow, every place they ever thought was safe. Well, like I said, everything has a blade hidden inside it. That's unimaginable. No, it's not. I did it. I watched it happen. I watched them die. I watched the arrests stop. At least for a time. For a time? 
That's all the benefit you got from this monstrosity? A temporary reprieve? Of course it was temporary. Every victory's temporary. Wolves don't stop being wolves because a few of them die. But these wolves... Joshua, they weren't eating dinner alone, were they? Their loved ones were with them, right? Their children? Sometimes, maybe. They often held private banquets, bacchanals, no offspring invited. But not always. Surely, surely sometimes their innocent loved ones were at the table too. Of course not always. Are you a child? There's no such thing as a weapon that only hurts combatants. Once a bullet's left the chamber, it's gonna go where it's gonna go. The alternative is never defending yourself or your people at all. Joshua... I'm not sure what you're expecting me to say here. Nothing. I expect nothing from you. I'm here doing my bit to placate the wolves of Earth. If they want me to show up and do this dance in exchange for a negligible increase in liberty, I'll do it. I don't have access to other options. Other options? Like making them die in gradual agony? Oh, well, you don't have to worry about that. Don't I? Graham won't let me. I'm trapped for the rest of my days inside the body of a sentimentalist. Wait, hold on. Have I been misunderstanding this whole time? What? Joshua, you don't have any physical control over Graham's body whatsoever? Graham speaking, well, we're trying to think of it as both of our body, Joshua speaking, but that's preposterous because Graham's the only one who can move it. Graham speaking, it's not a secret. Father, this has been reported. Just the way you've been speaking to me for the last, what, ten minutes? It felt as if I was hearing directly from... It's called amplifying. Graham's responsibility as a host is to repeat what Joshua says in his mind as exactly as possible, not just in terms of the words, but also the tone, even if that means... Expressing ideas or tones that Graham wouldn't necessarily use himself. So, okay. So, Graham, I'm talking to you. Graham speaking, understood. Would it be fair to say that you found everything Joshua just said as horrifying as I did? Maybe even more so. After all, he is my permanent roommate. And yet, you expressed it. With the full measure of Joshua's... I'm not sure what to call it. Tactical glee? That's how Joshua said it inside my mind. If I don't recreate that, I'm not letting him be a person in this world. I'd be just another jailer. I'd be a wolf. I can't tell if that's... inspiring? Or... It's easier for the other hybrid people. Most of the other antelopes aren't like Joshua. Joshua speaking, but they sure are happy to accept my help when they need it. Well, Joshua, I hope you can understand that there's nothing I can offer you in terms of absolution. As strange as it feels to say that. Joshua speaking, like I said, I don't want it. But let me ask you this. If I was magically some sort of 
space Catholic from a world that inexplicably had your church on it. What would you have done then? Having heard the exact same story. It's not about the story. It's your plainly evident lack of remorse. Your unwillingness to see the cruelty in what you just told me. I don't see the cruelty because it's not there. All I see is necessity. I'd do it again. Then, as fascinating as this has been, I'm afraid we're at a bit of an impasse. So, that's it. We're done. Maybe. Maybe. If you want to be done, we can be done. Sorry, we're not following. If you both want to be done, we're done. Both. There's two people on the other side of this booth, right? And I don't mean to presume, but over the course of a career like mine, you get a sense for when a person is carrying a burden. Someone in this confessional has a heavy one, and it's clearly not Joshua. Graham speaking, the whole point of this was to give Joshua an opportunity... And he's had that opportunity. And now you're both going back to a military installation where you probably won't see another priest for a very long time. Is there anything Graham wants to say while he's here? Graham speaking, like I said, I, I'm, I'm here for Joshua. And you've done a, frankly, remarkable job of representing him. But if I were you, Graham, I'd be careful not to use Joshua, with all his appalling amoral spectacle, as something to hide yourself behind. You deserve to represent yourself as well. Graham can't confess the thing he's ashamed of. Why not? Because it wasn't his choice. Does he want to tell me about it anyway? Joshua speaking, I hope not. I'm so bored with this whole thing I could scream. Graham speaking, can we assume for the next few minutes that it's me talking unless otherwise noted? Of course. In, In the, the name, name of, of the, the Father, Father, and of the Son, and of, of the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been 42 years since my last confession. Go on. Like I said, it's not really my thing to confess. Talk about it anyway. Let's see where it goes. Again, I can't share many details of our recent disagreement with the military. Understood. But part of resolving that disagreement involved putting my daughter at incredible risk. Your daughter? Jamie, that's her name. There was a thing she could do that would help a lot of people, but at tremendous risk to her own life. And she did it. And she survived. There was a, a bit of a recovery period, but she's fine now. And you're saying it was her decision, Jamie's decision to take this risk? It was, but... Go on. Please understand, I didn't want her to do it. Even now, I can still feel the full-body terror of my own kid risking her life. But... I also did want her to do it because it would save so many lives and there was no one else as uniquely suited to doing it as Jamie was. But again, it was her choice. Definitely. We all tried to talk her out of it. Me, my wife Morgan, my other kid Talia, but Jamie held her ground. Your family knew the risk she was taking? Not exactly, but they knew she was about to do something risky. How do they feel about it now? Angry, I assume. They're not exactly speaking to me right now. 
there's a decent chance they'll never speak to me again. So here's what I'm wondering, Graham. Yes, Father? Jamie's not a part of the Nevada Project, right? She's living there for the time being, but no, not officially. And Morgan and Talia aren't either? (laughs) Definitely not. So how did it happen that they got caught up in whatever this mysterious event was? Why were they involved in it at all? See, Graham, this particular silence is usually the one I hear right before we get to the thing the person really wants to confess. They were there because they were all, in different ways, worried about me. Scared for me. Scared of what? Everything. Everything happening with me, what I was going through, if I was safe, if... They disapproved of your decision to volunteer for the Nevada Project? They... They didn't know. How could they not know? Because I didn't discuss it with them first. I signed up without even talking to them. They only found out later, after the decision was made... After there was no going back. Ah. I mean, to be fair, Morgan and I were separated. The kids were both grown. I I wasn't under any obligation to... But they're still your family. I thought they would try to stop me. And I knew that I needed to do this. Take on Joshua, you mean? <laughs> well, I didn't know it would be Joshua, but... But even if I had, I'd still do it. This is my purpose. This is my new life. Then they couldn't have talked you out of it, could they? If you were this certain? I mean... It's not that you were afraid they'd talk you out of it. You were afraid of the conversation itself. The anger, the sadness, the confrontation. I know what I'm talking about here, Graham. Once upon a time... Not even that long ago, I made a big decision that affected someone else, that left them behind. And like your family, they didn't find out until it was too late. Maybe the reason I recognized your burden, even concealed behind Joshua's horrifying chronicle, is that it's the same as my own. They wouldn't have understood. They would have just yelled and cried and... But they deserved to. They're the people in your life. Shutting people out like that, your people, the closest people in your life, it's almost like... Like a kind of violence, right? Everything has a blade hidden inside it. Everything has a blade hidden inside it. I know what penance I want to give you, but I'm not sure national security will allow it. What do you mean? I want you to reach out to Morgan and Talia. Contact them in any way you're allowed to. And then I want you to just hear them out. Don't defend yourself. Don't explain. That can come later. Just hear them. 
and see where it goes from there. It's not that simple. Isn't it? We're not really Graham anymore. We can do the whole Graham speaking thing, but with every passing day that becomes less relevant. We're not their husband, their father. We're Graham and Joshua. We're something new. But something new that has roots in their family, their love. Let them meet this something new. Let them know it. Graham and Joshua doesn't have to repeat Graham's mistakes. Yeah. And I sure hope they don't repeat Joshua's. Josh was speaking. That chuckle was Graham. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't make any mistakes. Graham speaking. The government's going to ask you for a report. I'm sure they will. What'll you tell them? The truth. That I can and will take a confession from any person, human or otherwise, who wants to offer one in the spirit of penance. We better get moving. There's like four tanks waiting to take us home. I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Graham, I mean. Joshua speaking. I figured. Give Me Away is a Rogue Dialogue and Gideon Media production. This episode was written by Mac Rogers. Story editing and direction by Jordana Williams. Bob Ramunda. And Jack Marone. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. Here's our cast. Sean Williams, Graham, Joshua, and Casey Callahan, Father Ben. The Give Me Away main theme was originally composed by Adam Blau. Music arrangement, composition, sound design, and mixing for this episode by me, Adam Raymunda. Find out more about Give Me Away at gideon-media.com. Find out more about Forgive Me at roguedialogue.com. You could find both shows wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making this crossover. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
season two. Out now on podcast platforms across the galaxy.